I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. That's when you're right through delivery, Chaldercock. Bow and Pierce up from the back. The Guinness concert also in there. Holmes is a decent ball. It was Pierce! Jason Pierce! Jason Pierce rose superbly! With a lovely header, great corner from Ricky Holmes. Jason Pierce converts for the addicts. Some men call Ricky Holmes it will be to take. Pocholny hits it. Lovely! Oh, it. What a goal! Oh, Ricky Holmes doubles the addicts lead with a lovely free kick. Perfectly hit over the wall. Holy went across. He couldn't get onto the end of it. And Charles raced into a two-goal lead. Burn finds Forstakowski. Releases Ricky Holmes on the right-hand side. He's got space to move into. And Burn is tanking away on his outside. Will he feed him? No, he comes inside on his left foot to the centre position. Being forced further wide. He just can't pull the trigger. Ricky Holmes, but he's still on the ball. Now, right across to this near side. Does get a cross in, looking for Bataka, who gets the ball. Edge of the six-yard box, feeds it back to McGuinness, and it's the finish! What a goal, And Josh McGuinness has buried Charlton's number three. Superb work from both sides of the field, from Ricky Holmes. Great work from Bataka, teed up McGuinness. Charlton a 3 nil up. Joe Rebo will pursue it, but here's the final whistle. And Charlton have inflicted a 3 nil defeat to... The Kent neighbours, Gillingham, you get the feeling that that result has certainly stopped or prevented any further worries for Charlton. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendez here at the Valley on Maritime Radio. Joining me in the studio, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Yeah? Safe. 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 Safe as houses. Uh, as, as the saying goes, not Russell Slade's ones, obviously. Um, uh, Nathan, how are you doing? Nathan, living the dream, mate. Yeah, I nearly called you Nathan Byrne there, but Nathan, uh, you are not Nathan Byrne. You are Nathan <laughs> Miller. I don't, yeah, I was going to say. Let me uh, get my boots on. I'll show yeah. you the pace, mate. Yeah, it's the pace. It's the pace that got me off drinking. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream, I, I yeah, imagine. yeah. Living. Well, now we're now we're um, now we're safe. You now we're safe, and we can try and finish. You know, just outside playoffs. You never know. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's mathematically possible, actually. Well, it depends. We're finishing top of our twelve-team yeah. group, or whatever it's gone to. It depends no, how wide your uh, uh, your explanation of the word "just" is. Yeah, like just know. outside playoffs, fifteenth, yeah. same thing. I, yeah, same I mean, thing. Outside, yeah. isn't it? But we're top of our league, as Cole said, so we've got something to celebrate, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Closer to the playoffs than Coventry or Chesterfield, for example. (laughs) Chesterfield, of course, the opponents will be looking forward to uh, playing up at the... What's their stadium? The Pro Act? Is that them? On Saturday? Some some muggy little League One stadium. But the rest of them we have to play in. uh, Up on on Saturday at Chesterfield. Uh, So on tonight's show, we are, of course, going to look back at that wonderful win... Uh, against uh, a win against Gillingham, <laughs> it is a win against Gillingham in the in the red hot Kent derby, as as we all know. Uh, we've all we've all come through unscathed, yeah. I know, I, know I saw Tom throwing a few punches, but yeah, but yeah. I, I came out unscathed. Yeah, a few others yeah. didn't. Yeah, you should see the ovens. Yeah, yeah, flares. Yeah, uh, so we're going to hear from uh, exclusively from Carl Robinson. We're also going to hear from Nathan Burns slash Muller uh, on that <laughs> one. Uh, we're going to reveal. Uh, we've got an interview on uh, on Sunday's show, an exciting interview. So I'm going to reveal who that is later on in the show. Yeah, stay stay tuned in for that. We're going to have updates on the uh, the transfer ru- uh, on the takeover rumours, if there is one. Really, there isn't really. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about what we know. Talk about what Cardiff got planned for the Swindon game, uh, and of course we will look ahead 
uh, to the game with uh, with Chesterfield on Saturday. Uh, not hearing from Carl Robinson because he's delayed his uh, press day. I believe I don't think the players are in for training until tomorrow. I think that's why, but I'm sort of trying to remember something I have heard on on Monday, so I might be wrong. But there we go. Uh, but yeah, three 0 victory over over Gillingham, Tom and. Job done. Yeah, job done, exactly. Well, the job we set ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, start of the season, it wasn't the job we wanted to complete, but, you know, where we were a month or two ago, it's, it's a good thing. Um, I thought Gillingham were pretty poor, to be honest, but having said that, they had enough chances to win the game three times over, but for the first time in ages, we were clinical with our chances. Um, Ricky Holmes was fantastic. Uh, Crofts, even didn't have a bad game which was yeah which is a turn up for the books um, and yeah we got over the line and as I say coming into this week that's the best we could hope for unfortunately but as you say job done and it's the first time I've been happy to lose a bet because that, that one I had for relegation is obviously not have all three of us lost so. money on that I have yeah. Yeah. yeah we've all lost I've lost but a I'm, five I'm not, I'm exactly, not exactly two so yeah yeah, yeah. job done let's uh Put the season behind us now. Get yeah. through these last two games and move on. Yeah, so party time for the rest of the season. Mm. Uh, Nath, you were, you were there, of course, on uh, on Monday. What, what did you make of the performance and, and the result? I guess at times. I mean, if Cody McDonald, he's got twelve goals for Gillingham this season. If he had his shooting boots on, he would have had sixteen at the end of the game because yeah, yeah. he missed four sitters that I would have scored. He shouldn't have been on the pitch anyway. The cheating little farmer. Whatever. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, no, they had. Um, yeah, they did have a few few chances to say the least but um, like Carl said on other days they might not have been so lucky but um, we've, we've had that go against yeah, us on different exactly. games as well so so yeah I mean it all sort of turns out at the end but no I thought I, I actually quite enjoyed it I felt really comfortable which is a really weird feeling Unusual. sitting there yeah feel, knowing that you're not going to lose even at 2-0 I was I still thought we was going to win the game. It's just their finishing was woeful, wasn't it? And yeah. like I say, Cody McDonald, he missed that sitter where he's played through, I think by Lee Martin early on, and he, and he hit it into the game, side. And he <laughs> got booed off by his own supporters there, Lee Martin, at the end, uh, which was uh, a shame to see, really, because he, was, he weren't too bad when he played for us about five years ago, no. six years ago, but... There you go, and then uh, we, we take the lead, and uh, you know Jason Pierce. I mean, what what difference he's made to the side since he's come mm. back from injury, and uh, he's, he's capped his good performances over the last few weeks with uh, with his first ever goal for the club. Yeah, if anyone deserved a goal, it was him because he has had a tough time away with injury. I think he said it's his first serious injury in his career, if I'm right in saying. Mm. Um, and obviously, he's not just up and coming now. You know, he's been around for a, for a few years. Um, but yeah, I thought he played really well since he's come back into the side. I know we have still conceded goals, but on the whole, the defence has looked a lot more organised. Um, and then, yeah, to get a goal, as I say, Holmes, I thought, was awesome all game, and it was his free kick that was good, but Pierce rose highest, and yeah, great for him, and you could see what it meant to him with his celebration as well. Yeah, now I remember when uh, when we had Johan Berg Goodmanson banging him in from outside the box, uh, dead ball situations uh, a couple of years ago, that Guy Luzon uh, described him as the championship uh, David Beckham. Uh, so is, is Ricky Holmes a League One Johan Berg Goodmanson? <sighs> Um, I'd probably say he's the league one David Beckham oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no yeah he's, he just just keeps doing it doesn't he and he's does it week after week but it's not only technically it's his his effort, his effort as well and how he creates obviously like Josh's third like Josh's goal you know he creates for others so um, and I think we're going to have a we'll probably go into it later but a test in time trying to keep hold of him mm. um, but uh, he, he, in my opinion he should be the one who wins player of the year hands down yeah. because, uh, I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't he's do, yeah he's done it consistently in that spell where he was out injured even though the results didn't go as bad as I thought they were going to go we, you can tell how much we missed him and how much we need without him this year I don't even want to think about where you think about where we'd be with down, 11, yeah. 11 fewer goals I mean I'm sure every team <laughs> could say that about one player but you know, for, for the situation we found ourselves in the fact that it was it mm. was him that he, he has been a, a catalyst for, for most of our good stuff I mean uh, even at sort of 1-0 and 2-0 uh, on, on Monday there were chances again for you again Cody McDonald this time the ball sort of broke for him on the edge of the 6 yard box all swing no ding Completely, air, complete air shot, and then right on the on the stroke of half time, I think it was Cornick was coming in for a header. McDonald gets in his way, heads it wide. So, you, on like we say, on another day, I mean, you go in two 0 up and happy, but that's probably. I mean, it's, I don't think we dominated. I think I think we were much more clinical, and that's the the mm. sort of the the being clinical is something that we haven't done all season, apart from Bristol Rovers <laughs> home and away for some reason. Yeah, I think it was it was two things. It was being clinical and the luck going our way for a change, and it, and it hasn't on a lot of occasions. And 
as I said at the start, I don't think Gillingham were very good, but at the same time, they had enough chances to win the game comfortably. Um, but they didn't put those chances away, and we did. Uh, and it, it really was as simple as that. Uh, and as Nafe says, although they'd had all those chances, I never really felt like we were in any danger. It always felt like if they did score one, we'd be able to score a couple more. And when we're on that sort of form, it, it's nice to kind of relax and enjoy the football, whereas more often than not, that hasn't been the case this season. Hmm. Uh, right. Um, so then, after the break, it was. Uh, I mean, it was, it was that run from Ricky Holmes, which sort of sums up his sort of work rate about how he's, in terms of effort, he's the one. He's, he does seem to be the one who puts in the most running yards and that sort of thing. Uh, skill on the ball, he was able to run forever with it. I think some of us are probably screaming for him to release it slightly before he did or have a pop shot, but he held on to it. He, his perseverance kept him going, and that was what created the space in, in the penalty area for Jordan Botarka, completely unmarked. I mean, the defending for this third goal was awful once he got into the box, but he had a, a two-on-one a two inside the six-yard box, which uh, Botarka then, McGuinness obviously peels off, and, and, and Botarka squares it. McGuinness sticks it in the top corner. First goal for him since January the 2nd, when he got his hat-trick against Bristol Rovers. Now, it's interesting when you, when you think about it, because I remember during that game thinking... You know, obviously Ricky Holmes was out at that point, thinking th- there's no other candidate really for for player of the season at that point. At that point of the season, with Lookman on on, on the move, so the, how far his season has tailed off since then has been a bit of a surprise. So it's nice to see him back on the score sheet. Yeah, no, he done. Um, I thought I thought Bataka was going to shoot, but I was glad he um, glad he actually passed it because he. I don't think he would have scored, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was nice to see him score. Like you say, it's first one since Bristol. Um, I think since the Bristol game, we was playing him when I don't think he was fit. It seems like we was trying to rush him back because we didn't really have any other alternative apart. You know, big nose weren't as exactly fit and firing in all cylinders. And then you've got obviously the young gun. So I think we rushed him back a little bit too soon as an out and out forward because it's the only thing we've got. So he has tailed off, but yeah, it was nice to see him. Yeah, and it was nice to see him control things. I mean, the game before he couldn't trap a bag of cement if I remember rightly. He just couldn't couldn't hold the ball up you know it was so predictable but I thought you'd done really well on um, I was going to say Saturday then on Monday uh, brought others into playing that so yeah nice for him to again nice for him to get on the score sheet and then see what happens in the summer don't we hmm. yeah I mean pl- plenty of players who, who stood out uh, on, uh, on 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 Monday's game, Easter Monday's game. I think one one that we've all mentioned off air, uh, Jay De Silva. He, he mm. looked uh, he looked particularly particularly uh, lively on on uh, on uh, Monday, and uh, it begs the question, I guess. Why? Why? I just can't understand why he wasn't really being played earlier. I know he's not going to be our player going forward, so that might you know colour your thinking. But if that's the case, then what's the point of bringing him in here anyway? Yeah, I completely agree. I think. When when Chickson's come in at left back, I think he's been really good. But aside from that, I think we've struggled to fill that position really. Uh, and obviously, Chickson was out injured, so it was a mystery. Um, I think uh, every game, pretty much since he's come in, he's been uh, unbelievable. And he's he just isn't afraid to go forward. You know, the formation we play, uh, especially when we're at home, when he gets the ball in that left back spot, there's a lot of time where he has a lot of grass in front of him. And it'd be easy, you know, we've had other left-backs who will just pass it, but he wants to run on and he's not afraid to then take players on. You know, he trusts his pace, he trusts his skill and he trusts his other defenders to cover him if he if something does go wrong higher up the pitch. And that attacking threat, especially when we play the narrow diamond, allows those midfielders to get in the box and help <coughs> McGuinness as well. And I think he's been fantastic. As you say, I, I doubt he's going to stick around after this season, but he's been, he's been really good since he's come in. And I think it was Ian Wright who said he's the next big left back for England and you, you can see why he said that I mean that is the question I guess in terms of next season I mean he's on loan he's one of the 50 million players on loan from Chelsea to, to another club he's not going to get in the Chelsea first team I mean he's, he's still young he's still quite slight I mean another season in League One or is he going to be loaned out to a championship club is he going to look to move on from Chelsea because he's not getting in the Chelsea team obviously what, what do you reckon uh, I think I think I think, he'll, I think he'll be here next year you know? I think um, I think Chelsea would be mad to try and Sort of gauge from what four appearances that he's going to be a starter in, the, in a championship team, and even if he does go to a championship team, he's probably going to play less than he will here. So if if Robbo wanted him, wanted him here, I, I think Chelsea would agree to it, providing he's playing. Because the only thing I couldn't, the only thing I was thinking that he wasn't getting a game was probably like you said because of his height, and maybe he was going to be a bit of a, a target for you know big forwards peeling off for, for crossfield balls, but. He can half jump for a little. Mm. For, he's tiny. I didn't really uh, realize how small he is. 
Um, Good jump for the tunnel jump as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. So, I mean, I hope he stays. Like Tom said, last four games, I think he's been at least in the top two of our best players by yeah. far. Freddie Saunders has tweeted in saying, because uh, uh, I mentioned we're going to have an, ex- I'm going to reveal our exciting interview for Sunday show later on. He says, oh, is it to do with the takeover? No, it's not. <laughs> so don't get your hopes up on that one, Freddie. Uh, uh, but <laughs> uh, so anyway, like final whistle goes. I mean, the way the, the way the results were, Port Vale and Berry could have both caught us until Berry played the next day. In which case, now they can't. Port Vale still can, but because Berry can't, mm. it, all, all the permutations are, are off the table. We're safe, barring some sort of bizarre points deduction or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I'm ruling out nothing under this administration. <laughs> and uh, but so, but we are you know, we're, we're safe now. So I mean. Start of the season, I remember thinking playoffs absolute minimum, absolute <laughs> minimum. Now you know we're taking that. We're, we're, we're taking safe <laughs> in League One. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we've had to accept safety in League One. I mean, you know, in terms of you know, as, as players, you can't go into a season with expectations of you know we're going to muller this lot. Mm. I mean, although you did say, I remember the other the other week, Tom, you said we should do because that yeah. gives you that confidence. But you know, as fans, at least you sh- you can't you you can go into a season expecting better than what we've got this season. Yeah, uh, and I think rightly so. We all did. You look at the squad of players. You look at the preseason expectations. You look at the manager we brought in. I think all of us expected a better, certainly a better start to the season, and obviously a better final position. Um, but as the season goes on, you obviously have to reassess those goals because things just become impossible. Um, and as it is, where where we've been, as I say, for the last month, six weeks, this is as good as we could hope for, is surviving in League One. Is that what we'd take? Absolutely not. It's been an awful season. I don't think we're going to kid anybody and say that that's a, a good result. But given the last six weeks, we've done the best we can. We're staying up. Um, but we, as I said the other week, we have to go into next season being a bit more arrogant and, and trying to brush teams aside because we've shown on our day we can do it and yeah Bristol Rovers Shrewsbury at home and and Gillingham the other day weren't brilliant but we're able to do it when we've got players on their game and and we play like that and we just need to do it more often and and have a bit of a swagger about our game because we haven't really shown that enough this season and when we have we've put teams away yeah I mean the the, the question then is if you you want to try and take anything from this season into next season and try and say that you know, we, we, we've got the players for him, and obviously the, the spine of the team. When you, you, you always look at, the, you always talk about the spine of the team, don't you? The goalkeeper's Declan Rudd. He's, well, is he going to be here next season? We don't know. I mean, he's, he hasn't signed a new contract with Norwich yet. It's a possibility, but there's other. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of options on the table for him. If you look at the defence, okay, Jason Pierce. Hopefully, if, if he, now he's back, hopefully he'll he'll go all season without an injury. But if you look at central defensive partner, you know, look at Tex and Bauer. You'd imagine at least one of them is probably going to go. Mm. Probably Tex Bowie, you're not even too sure about. He hasn't looked too happy this season, has he? And then you go into the centre of midfield, M- Mr. Way Crofts. He's going to go, in my opinion. I think he was on a one-year contract. I don't think he's going to get another one. Mm. Jackson, he's not been playing every game. And who else is in the centre of midfield that's going to? Olves is on loan. Olves so is on back. loan, so he's going to go back. And then JFC, you... you've got on a permanent. Yeah, yeah he's so the, he's the one. But he hasn't he exactly has been, been starting also, every game, has he? No, Cashy, Cashy still got a couple of years left. <laughs> God knows what he is. Has he still got any legs though? <laughs> uh, and then. And and then, you, and then you're looking up front. Okay, McGuinness, you're probably, probably going to be here next season. But I think around that, I think no, he's Novak. I think was I think Novak's on a two-year deal, but he's not. He's, he's I don't think I've seen enough from him to suggest that he's but, going to fire us. To I don't trust him being spine of the team. Yeah. So so Tony Watt again. Yeah, he's I'm got not. another year on his deal, but is he going to be the man the way the way he's played this season? Probably not. So mm-hmm. it's a, no matter what you look at games or single games this season, most of these players are off. Half of them aren't good enough anyway. It's it's another complete rebuild. Yeah, that's what I mean. When you add them all up, the people going back, Bernie's going back, the silver might be going back. You look at it. You're gonna you're gonna need another massive what thirteen players again. Otherwise, we're gonna do the same. We're gonna be in the same situation as earlier the season where we had like two central midfielders stretched to the limits, mm. and we couldn't change it. And then so now this is where. They learn from their mistakes, like we Again. always hear. Yeah, that's this is where you learn and go. Our squad wasn't big enough. I'm not saying you've got to spend five million on a player, but you've got to have a decent competitive squad. And Robbo said that he knows the problems. He knows what he needs to do. <coughs> so obviously, he's got a job on his hands. So <coughs> that's what he's got to do. Well, really. we're, about, we're about to hear from Carl Robinson now. I, I, I don't know if Terry's asked the same sort of stuff in the BBC interview on Monday. I sort of said. You know, you, have you been speaking with the owners? That was just a leading question because I know he probably would have in terms of. And then, and then I said, are they going to deliver? And he said, well, I've been told they will. Now, 
whether they do or not is is the proof is in the pudding. I mean, obviously the 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 main hope is that <laughs> for a lot of fans, it seems that they ain't here to try and mess anything up anyway. Mm. But if they are still here, then they have to deliver better than they have done every other time, and every other time hasn't been good enough. Hundred percent, yeah. And um, yeah, when I say that we need to have this arrogance and this swagger next year, I don't think that's going to be easy to cultivate at all, particularly as you say, because we're going to lose a lot of that spine of the team. But and it, it was a bit of a unique situation but when we had Chris Powell in here and we made all those changes we were still able to dominate this league so it does show that even with changes you can do it I'm not saying that Carl Robinson's going to be able to do exactly the same thing of course not but with the right team and with the right manager and with the right uh, like a, a decent squad like Naif says it can be done in this league Sheffield United have shown it this year I know they've got a bit more of a spine to their team but it's it is possible to run away with this league. We've done it once. They've done it this season. Wolves, we Wolves done it. Reading done it. I think yeah. in the, these leagues, so been... it can happen, and yeah. it's just got to be one of those teams has got to stand up and say we're the ones who's going to do it. And I don't think even from the first game of this season, we really ever looked like we were that team to do it. We all just looked a bit nervous and a bit like, oh, we're back down here again for those that have been down here. And it was just it never started right and it, it, we never managed to turn yeah. that around well, you're right if, if you compare and contrast the first game of this season yeah. when we lost to Berry and the first game of the Bournemouth season when we yeah. won this league we were 101 points Jeez, I mean, that's two very different performances mm. and, and results right let's hear from, from Carl Robson came and speak to uh, Terry after Monday's game the uh, 3-0 win over Gillingham in the red hot Kent derby Joined in the studios by uh, Carl Robinson after uh, a decent 3 0 uh, result and uh, more importantly, um, a good shift by pretty much everybody in a red shirt. Yeah, I don't think I can ask any more of the players today. Um, I thought we rolled our luck at times, but I thought our attitude and our mentality since the MK Dons game. We sat here 10 days ago, more, two weeks tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not. Um, one of the lowest points in, in my career. Um, I took club back to this, put some performance in like that against against your old team. It's not a nice place to be, but since then the players have really, really responded, and the players were excellent today. And is that um, probably sum up the frustration of the uh, of the season? So I guess because you know you you got a side that doesn't differ that much from from other um, you know other sides that have uh, that have lost games. Virtually the same group of players, maybe tweaking a little bit here and there, but generally same set of players, and they put in a performance like that. And the same set of players, let's say Coventry last week, who, who just didn't quite manage to put in that level of performance. Yeah, but <coughs> as the lower levels of English football, in some ways, it's League One. The unpredictability of performance output is always inconsistent. But I think one thing you can never question is the attitude of the players. It should always be constant. Um, and listen, today is one that I know fans were worried about going down and everything else, and a lot of people were getting nervous. But at least people can hopefully just relax for a little bit now and really look forward to, to hopefully a brighter future and a, a more competitive team at the top of the table rather than all this rubbish waiting down the bottom because we shouldn't be I'm jealous watching other teams getting promoted that's not, shouldn't, that's not can't be good No I guess that I mean it's the type of uh, end of season where you look at um, I mean aside from a set of quite extraordinary results we, we, we should be uh, comfortable um, for, for next season but um, you look at sides at the top of the table all celebrating going up and that must add to the yeah, frustration Yeah I just watched Portland going up there and I know very well and I made up for him but uh, I know it's that's League 2 to League 1 but still it's uh, I want to be I want this place, I want the pitch to be invaded by fans through joyous celebrations of promotion. That's what I want to see, because I've seen this place not yet full and, and rocking what I've been told is a special place to be a part of. And I really want it that way, because when it's only half full or, or whatever it may be, uh, if that's what we can do, imagine what we can do if we were really all together and really com competing against teams in our league and, and pushing ourselves at the top end of the table. It's going to be a, a very up and down roller coaster football league season is never easy we have bad days we have good days we get frustrated and we get we get overly happy sometimes but we have to find a, some sort of rhythm and hopefully we can we can finish the season with a little bit more rhythm uh, and really move forward now and look forward to the summer and have a good break and come back ready and ready to go Yeah you mentioned um, a couple of times in, in recent weeks that uh, you prefer to look upwards rather than down yeah. and, and there are teams to catch with yeah. two games to go and that'll be the target I guess Yeah uh, listen if, if, if I'm being totally honest obviously there's always an eye down there although it wasn't I, can't, I, I try to sort of talk to the player looking up but at, at some stages there always is that element of fear obviously and it's being human in some ways but yeah it'd be nice to catch one or two of them I think we've got closed on the KFC one today um, so I took Tasty's closer to them 
I don't know, I don't know if Hampton got on, but it'd be nice if we'd gone further away from now, I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know how MK got on his way to South End, so hopefully we, we've, we've pulled ourselves a little bit closer to the pack above us. Yeah, we're in striking distance with with a couple of teams above us now. <coughs> it's embarrassing we're talking like this, but I've got to well, give some sort of hope. Um, but um, does does the game today um, again sort of uh, encapsulate where we are? Where three 0 looks on the face of it to be very comfortable, but it they, they had their moments, right? Yeah, as I said before, it was, a, it was poor finishing rather than great defending sometimes. Um, I thought they should have had a penalty in the second half as well, and we got we got a little bit of luck. But do you know what? Maybe we've been sat here and I've been moaning about we've played well today and not got nothing, uh, and the Fleetwood game comes to mind. The Berry game here comes to mind. The Millwall game comes to mind, and we've been sat here and wondering how we've not won. So today, I'm not going to sit here and wonder how we've won. <laughs> well, I think it would decry away from from what was it still a, a good performance from from the yeah, team. Yeah, listen, don't forget they've come to the back of some decent results as well. Um, and they came here. Uh, I was told that this is a big game for them. I didn't know that. I didn't I? Didn't know that. Um, but. Obviously, they came here expecting to finish above us, didn't they? Um, I don't know where, they, where that comes in. So they came down here thinking he could turn us over, and they thought they can go and get the result. Maybe um, sort of nice to make sure that we we stay in a healthy position to them. Um, but I want to thank the players and the fans again. I thought they were excellent, and hopefully we'll. Uh, it's not a bad Easter weekend. Four points over Easter, so you did take that. Indeed. Um, will you now be able to to? Breathe a sigh of relief, and then maybe look at tweaking things a little bit for the next two games. Yes. And do you then have an eye on um, what you're going to? Um, you've already said that you, you've already got plans for for next season, but I'm thinking more specifically. I mean, Jada Silva, with another <laughs> outstanding game today. Uh, he's on loan. Um, you've got Declan Rudd in goal on, uh, in goal on loan. Uh, these are the sort of players you might want to try and tie up. Uh, for the same season. people that he desperately tie up, yeah. Um, Saying people that maybe want to move on and still things that we've got, to, we've got a lot of business so they've a lot of work to do. But we've been start, we've started it. The owners give me the green light to go and do what I need to do, and, and you know me now. I'm not going to reject. I'm not going to turn that offer down. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, enjoy the moment. Enjoy today. You, thank uh, you. We've got two games to go, and uh, and let's look up. It's been a delivery towards. Six shot but Bauer the free header will be tapped home again by Texera. It's 3 0. Again, it's a corner comes in from Jane Forsakowski at the back post. Bauer heads down and Texera gets the second of the game. Absolutely bonkers here. Bonkers. Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Bring on Teixeira. Uh Novak coming on was obvious. Um, Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Putting him left back did. Mm. Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Janet Jackson coming on. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Charlton Live. There we go, Carl Robertson speaking after the game against Gillingham. Two Terry talks about talks, talks about Jay De Silva there, that, that sort of thing. Freddie Saunders said he, he liked how he was taking the mick out of Gillingham, thinking that Charlton is a big game. I mean, we 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 had we had made that joke earlier on in the season as well. I mean, they they did seem to think it was a big game, didn't they? <laughs> they started singing, "There's only one team in Kent." We're all going, "Yep, yeah, there yep. is, <laughs> yeah, there is." That's yeah. a player there, mate. That's, that's you lot. That is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, there's an argument for Bromley there, but um, yeah, I mean. That, not a big game. I quite enjoyed. I mean, I'm a Gillingham neighbour, which makes it slightly sweeter. But we're hardly at fisticuffs kind of thing about Charlton, the, the big Charlton Gillingham rivalry. Technically, it's a ge- derby in the sense that it's geographically fairly close. Yeah, That's closer than it. Norwich and Ipswich. Yeah, yeah. but it's historical. Yeah. There's not. Is there? This is a derby where a load of people who live in the Medway prefer to come and watch Charlton than watch that. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is, really. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got the upper bags. They're pony. <laughs> It is literally. Yeah, right, we heard from Carl there. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> anyone living in Gillingham? <laughs> uh, what, what did um, what, what were you making of his tenure now? I mean, obviously, I mean, what, I mean, his job when he came in wasn't to keep Charlton in the League One, was it? It was, it was to surely, surely, it was to push for the playoffs. I mean, so he hasn't achieved that by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I've, I've been fairly clear on that in my view he needs his summer and, and all this and that there's been plenty of other fans out there and to be honest even when we were getting through that run recently when I was sort of thinking Jesus I might have to change my tune soon here because I mean if you, if, if he can't arrest a slump then you're in big big trouble mm. but he has 
you know, last couple of games, the Coventry <laughs> performance wasn't very good, but we, we've we've scraped. We, we've got the, the two results we needed. Now we, we've, he's got something out of this team. I mean, now now so for me, I think it's just about um, his, his summer to see what he can do. I mean, obviously with the backstory of all the owner and blah, blah 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 but if we say we were talking as a normal club he's earned a summer to see what he can do in my, in my opinion mm. yeah I've I've defended him and stuck with him because like you say I, I think he deserves a summer to see who he can bring in um, but I think it was only a couple of a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday show I was saying even I'm finding it hard to defend him when we were going through the middle of that, that appalling run and, and you're right what his remit was when he came in he, he's nowhere near delivered that uh, and as I said before, we, we've had an awful season, but he's going to hopefully get that summer now, and let's see what he can do. And if we, the problem is, if we get to November time next year and we're in the same rut again, do we get rid of him because he's had his summer? Then he's got his players, or do we stick with him and see what happens next year as well? That will be the difficulty. Hopefully, that won't happen. Hopefully, things over the summer will change. He'll get his players in, and, and we'll kick on next season. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But, yeah, it, this hasn't been a good season. I don't think he's done as well as he would have hoped. Certainly not as well as we would have hoped. But I think he deserves a summer to see what he can do. What about you, Knife? Uh, keep or delete no uh, no I'll, I'll keep him I've always been a stauncher for um, consistency but yeah and um, I look alike Scousers. but yeah. <laughs> I think the thing the thing is with Carl is the only criticism I had is when we was having those runs is he was trying to put square pegs in round holes so he was adamant of playing this 4-2-3-1 of this fluid sort of way which sounds great but with the players that we've got isn't going to work and you know he's not. we're not blessed with you know, strikers who are going to bang goals in for fun, unfortunately, at the moment. Like, obviously, people improve. Um, and I, I just think every time that we've played well, we've actually kept it quite basic. We've either gone to like a 442 or 4-4-1-1 or played this, this diamond shape. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, think we should give him time because we need to clear out a lot of players looking down this list. Um, and then he does need the time because otherwise we get rid of him someone else is going to have to come in and do the same thing again and they're going to have another manager and try and get their ideas across then you're going to have a whole reshuffle with the background background team and it's just it's just a groundhog day so I'll definitely keep him in the meantime and mm. see how we see how it fares right someone else uh, whose future is up in the air at the moment is Nathan Byrne obviously on loan here from Wigan Wigan haven't got a permanent manager they might have Carl Robinson according to some rumours uh, <laughs> um, uh, at the moment um, I'm not sure exactly where those rumours have come from well no I think I know but um, uh, uh, he came to speak to the press after the game uh, on Monday uh, it's quite interesting actually because um, not, not long before uh, Nathan came in Carl had come in admitting, uh, admitting that Nathan Byrne doesn't like playing in a full back position uh, so he was asked about that as well. It's quite funny. Nathan, that, uh, is that well, what sort of feeling is that? Is that relief or um, uh, just overjoyed at the, the 3-0 victory? What sort of feeling is there in, with you in the dressing room? Yeah, it's a bit of both. And obviously I think there's disappointment as well. I think um, the whole team know they've underachieved this year with the ability and players that we have got here. Um, but we're just trying to win the last five games when we were looking at it. Um, a few games ago and that's all we can do and I think um, the focus is building for next year and really having a go for it. You look at the side that's, that's just won 3 now, and it's, there's not a lot of difference between that one and, and, and a side that hasn't performed in other areas so that must add to the frustration. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's only down to us at the end of the day and um, I think all the boys know that there's been games where we haven't turned up or haven't um, performed to our full capability and um, Obviously, that's disappointing for us, and obviously, I'm sure that's frustrating for the fans as well. Yeah, um, 
part of the reason possibly you've had to step in again today at uh, left back, uh, right. sorry, to, uh, in defence because uh, to replace injured players or players that, that need a break. Has that added to the to the to the, the problems of the, of the squad? Um, yeah, obviously. Um, I think this team has been played with more injuries than um, many teams. I think in not just this division, but in the football league. But that is football at the end of the day, and whoever can play um, should be putting performances in. Um, so obviously, it is a frustration, but um, that's what a squad's for, really. But you slotted in a right back, clean sheet, so you must be happy with that. Yeah, obviously, it's not my uh, number one position, um, but. No, I'm happy to do a job for the team and um, the main thing was that we got the clean sheet and uh, we knew that we would get chances and that happened. Carl well, Robinson said in here a minute ago that you hate playing at right back. Is that fair to say? That that... Yeah, it's not far off it. Um, obviously he said, he came to me the other day and said, you're going to have to play there and obviously when he came around first time, when uh, before I signed it, uh, I spoke to the assistant Richie and I said, yeah, I'd love to come as long as I'm not playing right back. And then uh, Souls has obviously got a he got a red, and I had to fill in for three games. Then got injured, so I had to fill in for another four or five games. So um, I've spent a lot of time there, but uh, no, I'm I'm happy. I'm playing. That's the main thing. And um, it's been a frustrating couple of years for me uh, personally. So um, getting on the pitch is a good feeling, and um, I'm really enjoying it here. So what's the worst part of playing at right back <coughs> compared to playing on the on the, on the wing? One v one defending. Okay. Yeah, when someone's doing what you like to do to them, uh, when it's uh, turned around and they're running at you, it's, it's not very enjoyable. No. No. <laughs> In terms of the loan, uh, obviously up at the end of the season, do you have you got any thoughts about what you'd like to happen and stuff like that? Despite playing right back at times, would you like to stay at stay at Charlton, or is that a discussion to be had once the season's finished? Yeah. No. Well, I love this club and um, I'm enjoying my time here. Um, but I'm just focusing really on the last two games now and um, see what happens really. Yeah. But have you seen enough here that you think next season can be a bit different? As you say, it's not. Oh, been... definitely. I'm not, I, I knew when I came in um, a few of the players, and I know the uh, talent that is in the dressing room. And um, like I said, they, us as a team have really underachieved this year. And um, I think next year, uh, I think a pre-season with the manager will really help the boys um, so we can nail down what he really wants to do, um, get in the players he wants and uh, I'm, I'm certain that the uh, Charlton will be out there next year. Ricky Holmes has been a model of consistency pretty much in a fairly patchy season, hasn't he? That's 11 goals this season. You sort of take him out of the team, it's quite a scary thought, isn't it, really, in terms of what he's contributed this season? Yeah, well, that's what you've got uh, main players for, I think. Um, I think you look at every football team in um, the world. There is, you look at them, and uh, in a season, there's three, two, three stand-up players, and that's just how it is. So uh, next year, that could be Josh McGuinness, it could be Tony Watt, it could be Lee Novak. So um, that's that's football, and uh, Ricky has been incredible this season. manages to turn it falls to Tony Watt strikes it into the far post Charlton Live from the home of time time. this is Maritime Radio I don't do mine I let my missus does it he obviously gets bullied and lets his miss he does it (laughs) Charlton Live that's the first time I've heard that in a couple of weeks he's he's never going to get old if if I'm gonna miss if Crofts is released, I mean, we are still allowed to play that. I hope so. So that's I mean, the best thing he's done for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm, I think to I'm, I have to double check with Ofcom laws, but I think I'm allowed to still oh, play that. I reckon that'll be. All right. uh, and if we're not, then I might just slip Roland's like two grand a week, whatever it costs. We're still playing Car- Carol Fry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that the yeah? I was listening back to the. Don't ask me why. I was listening back to some old interviews today, and I was listening back to that that one at Burnley. Take some beating that one. <laughs> that, 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 that's got that's some timeless content right there. Right, I've got an email in from Mark Newbury. Says evening guys. Uh, there's always good players released from teams at the end of season. Uh, so if we still have Carl Robertson as manager, I have a good feeling he'd pick up the players he thinks can suit his system. I don't mind about losing Rudd as Phillips should be there. Uh, should be more than capable of keeping in League One. So drop the Deadwood way. Uh, I think he means Crofts there. <laughs> get and get uh, Jacko coaching more so we can start next season uh, running. That's from Mark Newbury. Uh, isn't it such a shame that the way the, the end of seasons shows finishes is on the same day as a match day? So I don't know if Mark's going to be able to bring 
mm. food and stuff. But I mean, it's, the the offer is open, Mark. But obviously, it would in, in, include you bringing food to the game and then hanging around for a few hours. But if you want to bring me food, then just br- bring me food. Bring just me food, feed Lewis. Yeah. Just feed the Lou, and he will talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the more uh, memorable uh, chants they they have on the terraces of the valley there. <laughs> right. Um, now you guys may remember a f- about a month ago, I think or so, we had uh, uh, a friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, used to be on the show. Of course, Alex Stedman uh, was on was on the show because he was telling us about his testicular cancer. Now, uh, before we start talking about Stedman, this is what happened uh, for him on. Uh, this is part of what happened for him on uh, on Monday. The tunnel is extended, and Alex Stedman leads the two sides, holding the match ball. Out onto the valley surface. So there we go. That was uh, Alex Stedman uh, leading the two teams. That was, it was Men's Health Day uh, mm. here on uh, here on Monday at the Valley, and, and the club asked Alex to lead the two teams out, and uh, obviously did that. I mean, it was so it's 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 his first time I've seen Alex in a while. So it's, it's obviously with what he's going through, it's quite sad to see him in the situation he's in. But the way everyone's come come around with him, and he's got got to lead the teams out. Jacko gave him a shirt beforehand. Uh, was great, and now since then, it's all clear, lads. Good news. Good news. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex has revealed now that he um, he, he got the news off. It was Tuesday or Wednesday. It was literally a couple mm. of days after that, uh, that the treatments worked. All these markers are back to normal. He takes he takes me and Benji during uh, my friend Benji during the morning. We were like, wow, that's such good news. Uh, and I, I sort of said to him, that's pretty one sided, to be honest, mate. You've battered that. Uh, and and then he he, he um he, he's he's tweeted out and everyone's absolutely delighted. So I thought I'd share that for for you who uh, those of you who possibly aren't on Twitter or whatever who listen to the show uh, and we'll offer an update from Stedman. It's just it's great news to hear, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic news. Yeah, and it was yeah great great to see him lead the teams out. Great to be a part of that day. Um, I'd seen a photo on his Twitter earlier of him like stood around all the shirts that he's had donated already, and obviously as you say, Jacko added to that as well and. Yeah, to then see that news on on Twitter the next day was obviously just the the end to to a great couple of days for him after what's been a really rough few months. Um, and yeah, good, good luck to him. It sounds like it's all all clear now. And yeah, brilliant. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right now, I promised you that tonight we will reveal the special interview uh, we've got uh, lined up for Sunday show. And now is the the time to do that. I think uh, I want you to cast your minds back five years to the 2011-12 season it was a very very memorable campaign in SC7 and now this man is going to tell us how it happened there were times uh, where I suppose people doubted us a little bit but we were top from September the 17th, and we never left there until the end of the Oh, yes, that's right. Thanks to Matt Wright and our friends at Voice of the Valley Fans, and we're going to mark the five year anniversary of our record breaking promotion from League One as champions. By hearing from the addict's legend who masterminded that triumph, Sir Chris Powell. I am buzzing for a bit of Chrissy Powell on Sunday. I mean, that's great. That's great news, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. It's a nice little, um, nice little teaser. Can't wait to hear the rest of it. So, yeah. um, obviously, he's going to have quite a few um, stories and a lot of more insight in depth to the whole season, which... Uh, seems like more than five years ago. <laughs> yeah, a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely is. But um, yeah, so it'd be really good on Sunday. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, really, really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, thanks to Matt Wright and to um, and to uh, the Voice of the Valley fanzine. It was it was Matt who did the interview a few weeks ago. Obviously, you would have read it, you would have read bits of it in the the Voice of the Valley. These are the uh, sort of added bits, really. So yeah, like I say, really excited to to hear that. And hopefully, Matt's going to come in as well. Obviously, Matt was working at the club on. Uh, during that time, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to speaking to him about it as well. Um, I mean, like like you say, it, it feels like more than five years ago. But I mean, there's so many stories that can that come out of that, and uh, it's, it's going. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so glad we're ending the season with the, something something this big, and like, so I'm really grateful to Matt for it. But it's, it's uh, just to hear the man's voice again. Whew. Even that, yeah, I started it, crying it, when I heard it. I, like I've I've given up on watching those, those Channel Five shows now. Mainly down to Charlton, but partly because they're just pretty dreadful anyway. But 
every time Powell's on I end up watching just, just to see him and hear him and he's just everyone says he's just one of the nicest blokes in football and, and we're lucky enough to have him associated with our club not just as a manager but as a player as well and yeah I can't wait to hear what he has to say and I don't know hopefully it's not the last time he's, he's on these airwaves yeah hopefully not uh, right um, Freddie tweeted earlier saying I liked Nathan Byrne until he said that Novak could be a standout player uh, <laughs> um, he's not um uh, yeah, I nearly laughed when he said that as well. Mm. To be fair. Uh, right, um, there is other stuff to talk about. I mean, we haven't we haven't actually really been we haven't been on since so it's last Wednesday that the the, so the the takeover news sort of broke again about the um, uh, the potential of uh, Australian consortium coming in for the club. Uh, I mean, what have you guys made of that? I mean, we, what do we know so far? I mean, there's Australian football consortium. They're called. Um, that's pretty much all we know. They, it, sound, it sounds like they, they, they had a website that said they wanted to buy a failing English club and get it into the Premier League. Uh, now, there's rumours in the Daily Mail, uh, the Mail Online, which ran the story, that the deal was going to be worth £20 million, which seems quite low. And then it wasn't in the story, but from a male journalist, I don't think it was the same one who wrote the story, but from a Daily Mail journalist, the tweet came out that they, they believed that the deal wouldn't involve buying the Valley. They believe that Roland would own the Valley and we'd lease it to him. And again, you know, we don't know if that's true or not. We don't know if that's certain. But, I mean, when you hear that sort of thing, does it does it worry you? Or are you in the position now where you just want Roland's running of the club itself to be gone and you don't care if he keeps hold of the Valley as long as as long as we can still play here? Yeah, see, that's, that's going to be the... Um, that's the, the key thing. Because, I mean, not owning the ground doesn't sit well with me at all. It doesn't. It feels a lot sort of like Ron knows at Palace, and you know, and it just doesn't sit right with us not owning our own football ground. However, on the flip side, if if we was given a, a situation where it was like, as it, it's either going to stay as it is, or you have new owners, but you don't have the ground, it'll be interesting to know the consensus of what everyone would pick. And see, either I know I, you wouldn't want either, but if that was the only choice you had what one would you do mm. and that's that's uh, it doesn't sit right with me at all so yeah, I mean, I'd lean towards look, as look, it is for now and then look, hope in the look, future but look at other clubs who don't own their ground and I mean the standout one we played them last Good Friday, Friday. Mm. Coventry City I mean I was speaking to if, if you heard the little bite sized podcast you would have heard the interview with Coventry City fan ex, uh, you know, really well named Steve Brown uh, who, who I spoke to before the game at the Valley and I spoke to him again and he was telling me all about the problems they have at Coventry and but he was even saying it sounds like they might even have to move out and go and play at the rugby ground mm. now, I went past the rugby ground on the train it's a tiny ground what Bus Park? Uh, wherever, the, wherever the Coventry Bus rugby Park, ground right, is yeah, yeah. 4,000 yeah. 4, yeah. yeah. really yeah. so, so all, all these sort of like I mean when, when you don't own your ground then you are at the you know you're under the pressure of someone else as soon as they say actually no I want a million pounds a day I want £25 million Sheffield United wage budget, apparently, <laughs> to, 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 to play at the ground. I mean, that, that, that is when you're in trouble, and that's what, that, that's what a danger could be. But, on the other side, it could be, well, if, if you get signed with Roland that this is the deal, you can't change the deal, this is the deal for the next 50 years, if we get into the Premier League, we'll buy it off you, whatever, that's your insurance for not getting all your money back now. I mean, it's, it's de- wheeling and dealing. That is a possible thing. But it doesn't sit right for me personally because I mean this place is very important to us and is, I think it's very important that we have someone who we trust in in charge of it rather than someone who appears to not like us very much. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. I think Charlton Football Club and the Valley just go hand in hand, and uh, it's it doesn't sit right with me either. I think obviously we all want Roland to go. Um, I, I think we have to be careful about who we get in still, um, but the the main thing is that they buy everything they they don't just buy the club because as you say you see stories of so many other clubs having to leave their ground we've had to do it before maybe not for the same reason but we've had to do it before um, and, and we don't want to have to go through that again um, obviously in an ideal world Roland will sell everything to someone and that's how we'll move on but if he doesn't I think we need to be careful about, about the way that that's all handled um, I think the main thing the main positive really to take out of it is even if this Australian consortium isn't the one that pulls through it sounds like he's actually willing to talk to people about selling the club mm. now um, and that's a big turn from the club's still official stance but also from where we were two or three months ago where it really seemed like he wasn't interested in the slightest so I think we've all just got to keep the faith in that and trust that maybe some other bids will come through or maybe this one ha- has a bit more legs and, and they're kind of 
fine tuning all of those aspects. It's of probably the probably also worth remembering. I mean, that that news was a week ago now. <clears throat> Excuse me, a week a week is a long time in football, as they say. But it's not actually in, in terms of what we're hearing. We ain't we're not hearing much more out in the public domain, are we? Uh, in terms, so we don't know if if the Australians are still the ones who we're expecting. Uh, if there's other people in, in, in the background, well, I'm certain there are other people in the background, there will be. This is a, a, a football club that will be a very uh, tempting one to buy if, if for, for certain people, I'm certain. Um, so it, we're a week behind now on that, and we, don't, we haven't heard much more because of that's how it works. There's non-disclosure agreements getting put in place with this sort of stuff. Stuff happens behind the scenes. Who knows, basically? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> is, is it still positive? We don't know. Is, is it taking a long time because, it's, because they're struggling to find a price? Yeah, well, it could be. It could be the deal. Yeah, yeah, it could be a flip reverse. It could be that, that they they showed an interest, but they're now just been put up as a dummy. So it's making other consortiums think, oh, hang on, they might be close here. Let's let's try and kick on with our bid to try and get it. You, it could be anything. So I'm in the camp of you know, don't you know, don't look into it too much. Have a bit of optimism, but don't get you know, because it's always the hope that kills you. So don't try and get overboard of it and. Google everything about the people. Just let it go until you've heard from someone who who knows what they're talking about, or <laughs> when it's on the official site, then you get excited. Well, I wonder if it'll be, be before the new official site starts. Will it be on the old official site or the new official site? Should we take bets? Uh, I don't care which one it's on. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> uh, right, uh, Mark Newbury can come in on the last day of the season, so we're we're in business here. So expect a very high attendance from Charlton Live members now. <laughs> Everyone I'll, I'll, I'll after a feed, especially after a couple of beers as well. Yeah. <laughs> well last, last year it was those delicious cupcakes, but yeah. I, I can't remember what year it was. If it was two years ago, oh my god, the mini those shepherd's, shepherd's pies, pies were the best things I've ever. He struggled to do that because. Uh, mm. He's got to bring it, though. Yeah, he's got to bring it here. Unless we can sort of try and figure out a way of somewhere where you can put them before and keep them safe. Set up a little stove in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get them cooking during the show. (laughs) Let's have a look around here. What can we use? We've got a heater and we've got an aircon unit. That'll be fine. Yeah. Got cold and hot stuff. Can tell I'm hungry, yeah, because now we've we've got distracted by the football <laughs> stuff. There's quite a lot of stuff going on, really. I'm I about just got distracted by that image he posted of a cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. for me. Yeah. Right. Um, there are other stuff that's going on this week now. Cardiff announced their plans for, or well, some of their plans for the uh, protest at the final home game of the season, which is next Sunday uh, against Swindon Town. Don't forget, it's a 12:15 uh, kickoff here at the Valley. So make sure you're out of bed early. Um, but Cardiff uh, released this uh, following statement today. It said that. Cardiff's calling on Charlton fans opposed to the club's <coughs> current ownership to assemble at the Valley one hour before the midday. Oh, so it's a midday kickoff, so I'm wrong already. Uh, for, for the season's final game at home to Swindon Town. Uh, so that's 11 o'clock. They want people to, to be there. Card wants as many protesters as possible to meet at 11 by the big Charlton badge at the rear of the North Stand to join a major demonstration, details of which will be revealed on the day. Uh, it's also urging fans to turn up in black and white, even if they plan to turn up and still boycott the match. Protesters who, in- protesters who intend to go in are being encouraged to buy seats in the lower west stand, uh, so obviously near the director's box. A card spokesperson said that at the end of a yet another season of failure from this dishonest and incorrupt, uh, incompetent, sorry, not incorrupt, lawyers, <laughs> incompetent uh, regime, uh, we are urging... Urging Charlton fans to send the owner and chief executive, Catherine Mayor, the clearest possible message uh, that they will never be accepted at the Valley. A poll carried out this month by Charlton, support, uh, Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust among nearly 1,500 fans, 43% of whom are current season ticket holders, showed that 94% now feel negative about Charlton's future under Duchatelet, and 89% want protests uh, to continue. Uh, these are overwhelming and irretrievable numbers uh, far from learning lessons and building bridges Du Chatelet and Matt are inflicting even greater damage on the club by wasting more money and systematically destroying Charlton supporters base uh, they must go now so there's a bit more on that if you if you want to read it I'm sure you can head over to the card social media channels but I mean that, that's another big statement and uh, it sounds like they're going to go off with a bang again slightly awkward this time and it does mention it further down in the statement they're going to be considerate of Swindon's league position because if Swindon, Swindon looking at the table and probably need a result to stay up or to have a chance of staying up um, so I mean that'll be that'll, that'll probably colour the way they decide to do things but yeah, still, it's still a big, it's still a chance for Charlton fans to send send a message if if they wish to do so. Yeah, um, that's, that was what I was going to sort of say as well. So, even if you know we we people have a right to protest and stuff, if by a chance that they're not already if they're already relegated, then fine. But I mean, if, if Swindon have got something to play for, then 
yeah, it, it makes it a bit different because we still have to be um, disrespectful, like they did, uh, be respectful rather <laughs> than that, that which, which they just said. But um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how many um, people turn up because obviously people that actually have been boycotting games and stuff, if how many they all turn up, and mm. um, obviously the, we don't know what's happening until obviously the day when they usually announce it. So um, yeah, I don't know it's what to expect really. I mean. They always seem to surprise me and everyone else when um, they yeah. come up with their sort of plan. So, but yeah, I don't know if I'll be there exactly because a it's early and b if it is early I might be in the pub. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't decided yet. So, 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 so early, so you have, you have a time limit for going to football, but you don't have a time limit for going to a pub, right? <laughs> no, because then you could get there for open. <laughs> As if you aren't still there from last night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sleep, take a sleeping bag. Right? right, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, also, Steve Gannon, as, as uh, revealed by uh, Carl Robertson during the BBC Radio London uh, interview on Monday, Steve Gannon's come in as the head of recruitment, his former QPR coach. He was at QPR, I think, for nearly uh, nearly 20 years. I was say, it was a long time. Yeah, his latest role was as, as a first-team coach. He was a youth coach before that. Uh, he also managed some random Hong Kong team. I think they're called like Hong Kong Pegasus for a year. Uh, I've no, decent, idea. no idea how he got on there but um, when I tweeted out about him joining I've got a QPR fan responding He's, uh, a, a couple of QPR fans they seem to be quite positive about him so he also has a good reputation at, at the hoops um, so, so now this is interesting Carl Robinson bringing in his own man someone he's mm. known for 15 years whereas start of this season it was Stephen Head was it something Head um, Steve Head yeah. yeah Steve Head who came in before Russell Slade even came in so not his own man yeah. now he's gone own man I mean, that's, that suggests a slight change in, in stuff I mean it might be too little today it also makes people question oh does that mean they're not selling I, mean, I don't know if that proves anything they have to run business as normal until mm. the day they sell surely definitely but um, interesting appointment yeah and uh, I think Carl said or one of them said that he's going to kind of oversee the other scouts um, so he's and he said he, he's had a, a long long standing relationship with Carl Robinson so professional we must add uh, yeah. well yeah, as far as we're aware um, <laughs> But I think that's going to be really important because, as he said, he knows what a Carl Robinson player is and if they've got that dynamic and he knows what Carl wants for a player and, and Carl knows that he can trust his scout to go out and find that, then we've got more chance of actually getting players in who can, one, play to the system Carl wants and two, do a job in this league as opposed to just bringing in any old random because their stats are good on Football Manager we're going to have someone in who, who both of them trust to do a job and if you've got any trust in Robinson or in him as an experienced Brit, uh, scout of the British leagues you would think therefore we're going to stand a better chance next season Hmm. so that's interesting uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes like I say he's, he's seen well you know, you, you base it off the fact he was at QPR for a long time which mm. tends to mean he would have been well respected and probably quite good at what he does yeah. uh, there's a couple of quotes from him on, on the Charlton website he's, he's talking about he's very very pleased to have joined Charlton I've known Carl for 15 years we came uh, up the same way in coaching through schoolboys reserves and as assistants he's gone on to do incredibly well and we've kept in touch throughout uh, there's a trust there I trust him he trusts me so I mean that, that is important um, and Carl, Carl sort of mentioned the other day I'm very pleased to be working with Steve uh, he, he, done, he knows what I expect he's a pro licensed coach he's got a great eye for a player so I mean it all sounds positive proof's in the pudding uh, also it's no good being a great head of recruitment if you then aren't allowed to yeah. buy the players you want so that's, <laughs> that's another thing as well uh, but yeah so, so that'll be uh, interesting to see how, how that cracks on uh, and uh, you know for, for the sake of the club I hope, I hope it goes well yeah. Right. So go ahead to uh, we've got four minutes left. Let's look ahead to Saturday's game with the already relegated Chesterfield. It's bizarre how our end of the season uh, mm-hmm. is uh, completely involved in relegating teams and playing teams who are very near to being relegated. So we've relegated Coventry, Chesterfield. Someone's beaten us to relegating Chesterfield, but we can stick another nail in the coffee. We can rub it in. Uh, then on the last day of the season we could easily relegate Swindon obviously we didn't help Gillingham out at all in, in their relegation battle uh, so it's going to be uh, inter- interesting uh, interesting game yeah I think they'll go one or two ways won't they I think sometimes when you get to this stage of the season and your fate has already been sealed you, you play a little bit more free um, I know we've done that in the past I remember our, yeah, after, we, after we sealed our staying up against Watford we had a really yeah. good win up at Blackpool for example so, that season you know I know relegation is obviously very different to that in that they're obviously going to be gutted but maybe they'll come out and just you know give their fans something to, to cheer towards the end of the season alternatively that relegation might have crushed them um, and, and we'll you know do them 
quite comfortably. Let's do them, um, lads. That's what I'd like. Yeah, yeah obviously. Um, but well, it's, yeah. Part, it's party time now for us. I mean, we're yeah. we're, we're, we're having again, we've, yeah. we've got nothing to worry about yeah. now, so we can come out and play free, expansive mm. football. Well, Carl can start to yeah. try. Maybe try some of the players for next year. I see all the, the away fans are going in Hawaiian shirts and beach balls and that that sort of thing to, to celebrate a, another year in League One. Uh, Chesterfield are in disarray at the moment. Obviously, mm. they've just got relegated. They're also currently uh, Sadiq El Fatori, one of their players, has gone missing since Wednesday, uh, and he's going to be fined uh, if they can find him. Yeah, he's not reported back to the club after being given Thursday off for personal reasons, and as the player will be fined. Uh, in accordance with our code of conduct so it's chaos it's chaos at the pro act mm. chaos uh, that, that we hope to take advantage of I mean now now, Nath, do you think you with safety assured now do you, do you bring in youth players do you, do you give George Lapsley a game do you, uh, do you, no because I want us to finish top of this 15 team <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no I won't I won't, I won't make radical changes I'd, um, I'd, I'd like to see Dills get the game I would like to see Dills get a game hmm, uh, interesting Cashy Get a game and uh, <laughs> meet off up front. No, I'm <laughs> no uh, Lapsley maybe not. I'd like to see Duke still, if possible. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, what Bataka and all them lot? I wouldn't play them. I'd, like, I would. The loanies, just yeah, yeah. because they're, it's a nothing game. They're, they haven't got any, unless he, he unless he wants to keep them next year. Mm. Like Bernie and Jay, I think. I think that's but, the same with Rudd as well. Yeah. If Rudd starts, you would think he's going to start. But, I mean, Colt did talk after the, the Good Friday game that he does he say that there's lot. He's, I think he said there's lots of people who are here who want them, and we're included yeah. in that. Right, we've, we've run out of time, so let's just quickly do our our predictions uh, for for the game of Chesterfield. Tom, four 0 four 0 to them addicts or to them spyrites to them Charltons to them Charltons Nathan four one Charlton Charlton yeah yeah all right nil nil. <laughs> Uh, right, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to tune in on Sunday's uh, show when we're going to hear from Chris Powers. We look back at five years uh, since that superb promotion season from, from League One. Uh, Tom and Nathan, thanks for, for joining me this evening. Cheers, everyone. You've all enjoyed the, the penultimate big match preview of the season. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday with that Chris Powell interview and to look back at the Chesterfield game. We'll see you later. Thank <laughs> you.